and blessings good people and welcome to father share the podcast on fatherhood and 20 today i am your host fleming and i'm miss bond and today we got a good friend here with i'm gonna say interesting story to tell you know we got my man carlos in here today um so thank Hello. you welcome sir Yay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So look here, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a, a bit of an introduction as into who you are, what you do, where you're from, all that, you know, the who, what, why, where, and whatever else comes after you that. totally so. messed that up. Like, totally. <laughs> you totally messed that up. Just want you to know that. You totally it's been a long, messed that up. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It so. could have yeah. been a long day, but you totally, who, what, when, where... <laughs> Wow, sometimes yeah. how? That's, that's, that's the way. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I was writing that down. But hi, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you wrote down the right way to say that. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> well, hi, I'm, I'm Carlos Buskey, and I'm a professor at Howard University, and I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Born and okay. raised. Okay. Okay. Oh, you a southern boy. Yes, oh. very southern. So excuse my southern drawl as we speak today, but yes, I am. It's all good. Carlos. Yes. Give us something interesting about you. So I am a proud father of three daughters. Um, yes. Come yes. on, girl, dad. Yeah. I always, um, I, I love to say I was a girl dad before it was really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, two adult daughters now. My oldest is 24 and my youngest is 16. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I, it's, I, I always say, I don't know what I did right in my life to deserve uh, three beautiful children, but I did something right and I'm glad I did it. Come so on, that. dad. See, you are definitely a girl, dad. Right, right. Yeah. Trained well. Look at that. <laughs> trained well. Come on, girl, yeah. dad. Yes. So, so that's probably the most interesting thing about me. I'm a runner. I've completed uh, 15 marathons today. Um, I'm officially retired from marathons. Uh, Wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Um, why? I want to give my body a rest. Uh, I've been yeah. running marathons for 10 years, and I think it's time to give my body a rest. Because um, it's hard. It is. It, it is. is really yes. Hard. Yeah. Especially during, and I train during the summer, and it's it's grueling. And I decided this year I'm just gonna take a break and take a couple of years off. And if I come out of retirement, I'll make a big deal about it. So, and I'm also a cyclist. I'm an avid cyclist. So I'll be spending more time on the bike this year. So okay. Yeah. So have you done the century um one yet? Yes. Or are you, yes. Okay. How many of yes, those do you have under your belt? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Over ten, over ten, maybe even fifteen nice. of those. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know. Some people may have a different opinion. Um, to me, a century is a lot easier than a marathon. So 
Yeah. To be honest, I haven't done one, but at least you get to break and sit yes. down. I applaud you. But that is so yeah. not why you're here. So yes. now we're going to get to the real reason. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to tell my story. And, and it's amazing because the story is still evolving. Um, sometimes I have difficulty um, thinking about where to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and, and I'll, I'll share a little bit of my background. So I, I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia to a single mother. Um, and it's very difficult to grow up as a young man with, um, you know, a sing- in, a, in a single parent household where my mother worked all the time. And I was, I, you know, I, I tease my kids. I was like a latchkey kid at like four or five years old. We, we were very young. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that, you know, that's pretty much a fairly normal um, story of someone who grew up with, you know, in a single family home with just your mother. My mother is raising um, two sons and a daughter alone. And um, but one of the things that was unique about my situation is that my brother's father passed away five years before I was born. And my sister's father uh, was my mother's husband and got a divorce when I was um, very young, uh, about four years old, four or five years old. And so uh, um, when my sister would get dropped off for custody time, uh, I sometimes I was alone because uh, I wasn't, you know, we didn't share the same father. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I don't think I started to question my mother about the true identity of my father until I was a little older, maybe around um, nine or 10 years old, where I, I had a lot of questions about my sure. dad mm-hmm. and and my mother um, couldn't answer them. You know, it, it got to a point where I would press her so much that she would just say, you don't have a father, which is you mm. know, biologically not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, um, yeah, and she would tell me different things. At first, she, you know, for a while, she could get away when I was very young with, with saying that my dad, my brothers and I shared the same father because we had the same last name. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when that didn't land as much anymore, she questioned my sister's father for a while, but... Um, you can't see me, but I have very dark skin, and my, and my sister's dad is very light skin. So, mm-hmm. um, not that 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 make a difference, but we look nothing alike. I mean, right, I, it's, right, there's no right. there's no resemblance, right? So, um, and then of course he would pour some agency into letting me know that you're you're not my son. So, mm-hmm. um, so that went on for a while, and I you know I can advance it to the teenage years where it, it really didn't ma- matter to me. I was just a kid with with no father, and um, and I'm a middle child, and I don't know if you all kind of know the you know how middle child how middle ch- children are. We we really fight for attention, you know, respect, attention and respect. Correct, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I, I grew kind of this this attitude, um, and uh, I, I wasn't a rebellious kid. And the reason why, the reason why I wasn't rebellious because I wanted to prove to my mother that I was amazing. So instead of selling drugs, I went the other direction. Um, 
I remember at some point in the ninth or 10th grade, I wanted to go to college because it, no one was going to college. So, mm-hmm. and my mother told me, you know, you, you can't go to school because I can't afford it. And uh, between the 10th and 11th grade, I got a little bit of height. So I started playing basketball and I was like, well, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a scholarship to play basketball and I'm going to go to college. So I did that. And, you know, and I, and I was always like working really hard to, to gain my mother's love. And, and so, um, I graduated from college and I'm sorry, did you get the scholarship? I did. I did. I got a scholarship for basketball. Yes. (laughs) I did. And so, um, as I got older, my relationship with my mother is, you know, it, it grew, you know, uh, further and further apart because, uh, and it, not so much focused around my dad, but I just felt like, you know, it's it, the harder I work, the, the the more we grew apart. And I really wanted to know who my dad was when I was in my early 20s. It, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was important to me, but there was no answers. Now, I did have a, a godfather in my life who was, um, he's an amazing man. And, you know, he helped me with the things that I was missing and, and, and having a father, a father figure in my life. And he actually helped me through college when he could and uh, gave me some guidance and, you know, helped me with some principles as a man. And, I, and that was important to me. And late in my 20s, I, um, you know, I married um, this fantastic woman, woman and we had kids and having children was my in- instant vintage. It was like, I want to, I can get back now. I don't know how I'm going to be a father, but I'm going to do my very best. I know what I can do. I can give my children what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. So that was really important to me. And, um, and of course, over the years, it's still questions about who's your dad. And my kids would ask, my friends would ask, you know, um, I unfortunately went through a divorce and, um, and then as a single father, again, I, you know, still there were still questions around who is your dad. And and so one of the things that happened as a result of divorce is that I beefed up my counseling. I really got into counseling because I, there were some things about me that I wanted to better understand and some things that I felt like I can improve in. And it was important that I worked on my mental health. So I love um, Thank you. I so I had a great relationship with my therapist. And one of the things that I um, loved about my therapist, and he's still my therapist today, is that he um, he did not cut any corners. He ripped the Band-Aid off. He put a label on things, and I, and I needed to hear that. And um, so over the years, I got better. I felt like mentally I got better. I had, um, I had a... Um, a better sense of identity. I was enlightened. I grew not only as a man, because I got better as a man, I was better as a father. Um, but my, my therapist kept pecking at me about, you need to find your dad. You're still, you still have some identity issues. I'm like, no, I don't. I know who I am. I'm, I'm this perfect person. I don't have any, of course he, not yeah, he was Not the yes, I felt like I was perfect. I had done a lot of work, a lot of, but it's like no, you're you're not perfect, mm-hmm. and you still you still have a lot of work to do. But you're 
I, I still think you have some identity issues. And mm-hmm. it was hard to hear that because I, I felt like this was a whole goal of therapy and getting better as a person that I want to prove to everyone that I, I don't have these issues, but there were things that I was still doing that he thought would help if you could at least find your, your father mm. out of the family. So quick mm-hmm. question. When yes. you were in the, stage where you were saying that you wanted to prove yourself. Did you also mm-hmm. feel like that you wanted to prove it to the therapist? Is that why it was so hard for you to hear him say like, oh no, you need to work on this? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I um, There's still that piece of growing up without my father and really working to, to, to earn my mother's love that um, translated to still wanting to prove to people certain things. And um, when he, when the identity thing continued to, 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 to come up, uh, it was important that I show that I don't have an identity. Let me at least take this advice and um, try to find my, 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 my dad's side of the family or find my father. I, I know nothing. I have very, very few leads. Uh, I even had his name spelt incorrectly. So mm. that's how much of my dad I, I, I knew. And the only reason I knew a little bit about my father was I had an aunt who passed away who gave me a little bit of a nugget that I, I had enough to possibly go by, but I could find nothing. It was uh, it was sort of a, um, it wasn't enough to find him. Right. So my therapist asked me during Christmas, and I always had to have a lot of therapy during the Christmas holidays. Um, he asked me to give myself a, a Christmas gift. And that was something that he really helped me with, like creating these new Christmas traditions. And like, I would take a trip during Christmas and I would spend some money during Christmas Okay, and, um, on myself, sorry. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, he, he was like, I want you to purchase like this expensive gift. I mean, inexpensive gift, I'm sorry for yourself. And I want you to get a DNA test. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Ooh. But we kind of went back and forth. Yeah, we went back and forth. So I, um, but he, he used to, 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 to get me to do things in therapy, he always told me, you, you're, you, you do the work. One, one thing that you're really good at, I'll give you assignments and you go out and you do the work. And this was part of doing the work. So I, I finally got a DNA test and I took the DNA test and I actually took it before um, a therapy session. So when so that when he asked me, had you taken a DNA test? I wanted to be able to yes, say, I yes, did, right? I did, yes. Take it. Yes, yes, I did. I did my work. <laughs> right. I did the work. So I took the DNA test and I put it in a mailbox. I didn't think anything of it. And and finally I got back a um I got back a the results of it. I wasn't looking for it. I was just doing some research on the computer and you know, I saw an email and um and it was a pretty old email and I um I went in and there were the results of my DNA. And um, I was a little bit disappointed because I, I had heard some rumors about, you know, me that, hey, you you could possibly be Panamanian. Your dad's from Panama mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and, you know, some some native stories I'd heard from my mom's side of the family. I didn't see a lot of that in there, but I did see, you know, heavy Caribbean and and um, some other things were in my DNA. So, um didn't think anything of it. And um, I noticed that 
I, I wanted to do some research in the DNA portal. So I did pay the extra money. And because I paid the extra money, I started getting faster cousin matches. So I was getting mm. six and seven cousins and eighth cousins. And um, I was instructed to reach out to those cousins and ask, with you know, would they possibly have some information on who, who could be my father? Um, nothing came of it until one day I got a one match for a first cousin. One. And still to this day, I only have one first cousin in my DNA profile. So I reached out to this cousin and the cousin never responded. And mm. and so after a while, I just decided that um, I'm, I'm nothing came of it. And I, not, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have any expectations of a father. I didn't have any expectations that I would find anyone. Um, it was just an exercise that I, I wanted to, to, to do to at least try. And I felt like I tried as hard as I could to find a, a father or a father, people from a father, my father's side. And maybe we're in COVID and maybe six or seven months or so had passed and I, um, I was at my computer again, actually working on another. I'm on one tenure track, so I'm always researching. Yes, tenure. And, <laughs> yes. yes. So, so I, I'm doing some research, and I get a message on my cell phone, a text message from an unknown number. And it's like, hey, this is your cousin from Ancestry, and I would... I, I just want to know if this is still your number. I saw your message on Ancestry and I thought it was a phishing mm-hmm, exercise. Mm-hmm. So I didn't respond to that message. And but it, it was drawing me in. So I went online, changed my password just in case it was phishing mm-hmm. on Ancestry. And I saw kind of the similar message on Ancestry. So so I decided and I still wasn't going to respond to his message, but I was like, something to say, hey, just respond to it. Just see what it is. So I respond. And the cut the the person responded back, and so we kind of went back and forth in messaging. I was like, "Hey, you know, I know my mom's side of the family, and I kind of have enough information. Um, I I don't know my father, but I heard he's possibly Panamanian." And the cousin said, "That's interesting. My uh, both my parents are Panamanian. We should talk." So we talked right away, <laughs> and <laughs> we we talked right away. So I picked up the phone, we were talking, and my cousin, um, or possible cousin, said, hey, listen, you, you, you look like you have an iPhone, can we FaceTime? And I'm like, sure, we, our DNA says we're cousins, so I've established <laughs> that this is an efficient call, right? Um, I'm still a little cautious, but we're yeah, cousins, so let's... Yeah, so let's so, do it. Um, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, cousin FaceTimes me, and his face dropped, like he was shocked by what he saw instantly as soon as he saw my face, and he covered his mouth and 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 he was speechless, and he was like, "I cannot believe what I'm seeing," and. I'm, I'm kind of quiet because I don't know what he's right, saying. Right, right, right. And um, but I could tell by his face he was pretty serious. And he went, I can't. He kept repeating, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And he was like, I, I need to call you back. Can you give me some time? I need to call you back. And he was very emotional. And it was like, Yeah, I know who your father is, and you look just like him. Oh wow! Wow. And wow. then he hung up. And I, I, 
I was stunned. I'm sitting at my computer and I'm stunned because I don't, you know, I don't know what just happened. And so um, maybe five or six minutes later, my FaceTime lights up again on my phone. And this time it's a group FaceTime. And I don't know if you're familiar with group FaceTime, mm-hmm. but they're little bubble, little square boxes that pop mm-hmm. up in different colors. So it's multiple people calling. And every time a face showed up on that FaceTime, there was someone screaming, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. You know, who, who is this person? And mm-hmm. I want, and they, they have these beautiful, um, Panamanian accents and and there and one of the ladies on the call said who is this man that looks just like my brother and then that's when it was real oh wow <laughs> yeah wow. it was real I I don't know you know if I found my father but I've definitely found my family mm, and right, everyone right. looks so much like me we had the same skin tone we had the same eyes one of my tias because you know they're Panamanian uh, is Spanish for aunt. She looked just like my one of my daughters. And so this conversation went on for a while. And um, finally, my my cousin, who was my who is my first cousin. So these ladies, I'll back up. These the, the lady, the, the gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen who were on a call were either cousins or aunts or uncles. And one said, yeah, you're my brother's son. And we know who you are, and we've been looking for you as long as you've been looking for us. Oh my God! So it turns out, yes, it turns out that I was named after my dad. My mother never really divulged that information. I always wondered why I had this name, um, this this Spanish name, and and now I I know why. Mm-hmm. So my cousin, who's on the call, we're on the we're, we're we've been talking for maybe twenty five or thirty minutes. My cousin finally asked me, "Hey, you want to meet your dad? He's alive and well, and um, he lives on the West Coast." And I was like, "Absolutely, let's let's do it. I've gone this far. Let's do it." So they were able to right. get my dad. Um, we couldn't get him on the FaceTime, so we switched over to Zoom. And more people joined Zoom, and my Tia was able to get my dad on FaceTime, and she held his, she held her phone up to the camera on the computer, and I saw my dad for the first time. Mm, wow! And and I thought I was looking in the mirror. <laughs> I, I did, and um, and he asked me a couple of questions to validate who I was, and he asked me my mother. He actually called my mother's name out. And so it turns out, mm. yeah, my dad was still alive and well, doing very well and um, very healthy. I also have two sisters and um, a stepmom who has like, it, it's almost like I knew her all my life as well. So I, I, I meet I meet my family for the first time. And, and it, you know, a day after I, I thought about how quickly this unfolded, I was ready for it. Um, the timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. of this amazing family that I didn't know. But, you know, one of the things we established right away is that we we can't get back the years we missed, but we can certainly make the, the remaining years the best years ever. So within a week Absolutely. of meeting my dad, I went out. Yeah. Within a week of meeting my dad, I 
I flew out to to meet my family. And um, and it's been it's been amazing ever since. What was that like? I was I was excited. I was excited. Like, it's almost like if I ever write a movie for this, there's going to be a kid who gets off of that airplane. Um, I've I've flown all over the world and, you know, never I, I never had a parent meet me at baggage claim Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. dad was at baggage claim I immediately saw him he immediately saw me and he the first time he saw me he he hugged me and I'm taller than my dad I'm 6'3 my dad's maybe 5'7 and um (laughs) and he went he went and I'm wondering okay so where I get this height from he was like before I could ask the question he said wow you look like my dad Oh wow! So my 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 grandfather um, was six four, okay, and okay. that's where I get my height from. Yeah, got it, got it. Woo. Man, that is. Um, first off, thank you for for sharing, man. Like it, Absolutely. it just it's a heartfelt story. So please, by all means, turn yeah, turn this into a movie, man, or or a book, something. Do do something, <laughs> do something with it. Um, but like, did you have a a dual level of emotions? Because on one hand, I'm sure you're like, you know, you're happy, you've made this connection, and then at the same time, it's like dealing with, you know, the aspect of of how you grew up and, and the times when you had the questions and, you know, being, and I hate to say it, but I mean, for the most part, being lied to as mm-hmm. you were, mm-hmm. as, as you were growing up, like how, how were you processing that? Yeah. So quickly, one of the things I learned um, early on in counseling and that we, we have, we have tiers of emotions, correct? Mm-hmm. So, correct. and then we have core, we have core emotions. And a lot of times as we, as we speak or we, we have a feeling, we have a tendency, tendency to say that we feel a core emotion and, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we, we, we realize we own our core emotions. So, um, if, if someone makes me angry, they don't make me angry. That's a core emotion. They may, I might be frustrated by them or I might be, I might feel some hostility, but I haven't gotten to that core. Okay. and love and so on and so forth. So one of the things that I, I did, I had a range of emotions as I met my family. They kind of went on for about 60 days. I was angry. <laughs> I was, I had like this deep love. Um, I was sad. I I had a lot of joy. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I circled through those emotions fairly quickly because it was important that I, 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 I allowed myself to feel, yeah. and right. I had never done that before. I had, you know, it's like I would suppress a feeling, or if I had a feeling, I would go for a run or go ride my bike, and I would dump those feelings on the road. Right. Um, I allowed myself to feel the the, the entire time. Um, so even and even in in a situation where. I, I knew I was lied to. I no longer had, I, I was no longer angry about that anymore. I was quickly, I could quickly get over that feeling because I have these people. And I was a little scared um, to be candid. However, mm-hmm. my, my family uh, helped me through those emotions because um, um, I, I had no reason to be scared. I, um, I, 
didn't have expectations of something that wasn't mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that and that really helped me to move through that subset of feelings fairly quickly. And I and I, you know, I get love from them. Mm-hmm. I, they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We none of us in there they're not trying to be perfect and I'm right. not trying none to be perfect. Are. Um yeah. right. Um my my sister my sister and I it's unbelievable. You cannot convince me that we did not grow up together. <laughs> right. Um, yes, you can't. No, no, it's, 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 she, I remember her first Christmas gift. She hit the, I mean, she didn't ask anyone what to buy me for Christmas. And she knows she didn't have to buy me anything. Cause I'm a lot like my dad in that space. Um, but she, I opened this Christmas gift and I absolutely loved it. And I felt like a kid, like, whoa, she, 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 and she I'll tell you what she, yeah, she got me. She purchased me a pair of Ray-Bans that can record, that can take pictures. Mm. They have like, like spy, spy oh, nice. glasses. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a cool gift. So right, she, right. yeah, she, she, only my sister could buy a gift like that. Only my sister could know me that well. Mm-hmm. And and so um, that that really helped me to get through um, some a lot of the feelings I was having during that time. Good, yeah. You know, we we talk about emotions and you know processing them. We've had a few therapists on, and um, so I, again, I applaud you on on just taking the time to go and sit down with a therapist, and then not only that, but just being open to the instructions that you were given, right? I mean, I know it definitely, you know, when, when we first hear things it sort of kind of make go against our thought process at that time, it becomes important to really sit down, assess, have a come to Jesus talk with yourself, you know, um, and just be able to, to move forward knowing that, hey, you know what, there's work that, that, that's required on on my end to really try to get to a be- better place. So the fact that you, you know, did all of that work, which also then helped you to be able to process those emotions. Um, I mean, man, within a within a sixty day time frame. I mean, that's 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 impressive. You got some people that's sixty years and they still holding on uh, mm-hmm. to some to some things. You know, right? I think as you said, you were very prepared for this moment. Like, had that moment happened five years before, maybe not. But at that moment, it was, as they say, sometimes timing is everything because it really, it can put everything in perspective really quickly. And you can know that sometimes the thing that you couldn't handle six months ago, not only can you do it in the breeze, but it's just. Now, why was I so scared of that thing? Like, why was I so, why yes. was I so afraid? Like, mm-hmm. why, was, why did I fight this so much? Yes. Yeah, I agree. So I have a question. Okay. So I want to just go back to something real quick. Um, it's so funny. You have a story like my father, which is incredibly insane. He is the middle child. And according to my grandmother, she just didn't know who he was, of course, like your mom. And um, again, when he had, um, my parents had a, uh, I had a sister who passed. And so when the time that my mother had me, he, like you, became very adamant about finding who his father was, like who. And of course, my grandmother was giving him nothing. She just couldn't remember anything. 
And I just remember, I would just say as a daughter who saw her father doing that, um, you do not know the impact that you had on your girls. The fact that they saw you doing that. They saw you searching. They saw you not giving up. And even when you're discovering, they're seeing the way you are not only vulnerable, but the way in which you are embracing all of this. I appreciate that. It will mean volumes later. Like you won't understand it and it will mean so much later. But I remember the conversation that my dad had with my grandmother when um, he found his father. So what was the conversation like with your mom when you told her? Yeah, that that's the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I had gone out to to with my family and um, spend time with my dad and, and my mom and my, my stepmom. I, she's mom. She's not stepmom. She is my mom and um, my sisters and, and family there. And I told no one on my side of the family, mm. not my sister, not my favorite aunties, not my, not even my, um, my God family, my God brothers and sisters, no one knew. And o- only my, 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 my daughters knew. I, I spent some time with them and I didn't know how I was going to tell my mom. There's a part of, there's a part of me that wants to kind of gloat about it. Um, to be candid, that's the human side of, 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 of me. And, um, but I, I didn't know, should I go see her? Should I write her a letter? Should I make a big deal about it? Should I just put a picture? Oh, because let me back up a little bit. Um, my, my father and my tias and tios and everyone, they had receipts. They had pictures of me as a baby. Mm. Up until this point, I had only seen about two or three pictures of me, very young pictures. I have no baby pictures of me, none. The the only picture I'd seen of me, um, I believe I was about two or three years old in this picture that my mom had. One, my aunt on my mother's side had given me, which is on my wall of me and my mom, and then um, a fifth grade picture and a sixth grade picture. Those are the youngest pictures of me I've ever seen. So um, my dad had a, a whole box of pictures of me that my mom had sent him when he, because my dad was in the Vietnam War. So she sent him pictures when he was deployed. Um, he, he got injured and he got shot in Vietnam and sent home. Um, so he had pictures of me. Um, and I thought about taking one of those pictures and asking my mom to look on the back, that's your handwriting. And that's my name. Because my mother changed my name. She changed my last name when I was a little bit over a year, year. And um, so my born name, because I'm junior and my dad's senior. And I thought about doing that. And I was like, well, that that's I've 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 too much healing to to be mean spirited. And I don't know my mom. I don't know the reason why my mom decided to do this. So um, my therapist and I, we talked about it and he gave me some good advice. And this is how it went. So. Um, maybe about 65 days after, man, could have been a little bit longer. Um, I'm talking to my mom on the phone and I had not planned this. And so my mom's telling me something and I go, Hey mom, Oh, I forgot to tell you, I found my dad. 
and it was radio silence. Radio silence. Mm. And my mm. mom's a big, what did you say? Huh? You know, she, she's big on that. Or she'll pretend she didn't hear you. It was radio mm. silence. And then she go, and then she said, wow, that, that's good. Where did you, where did you find them? It was almost like in her spirit, she knew. Mm. And and so I, then she asked me to find them on the internet. And I was like, yeah, kind of the internet plus some other things. Then she asked me, who was it? Because um, I think she knew <laughs> that I had found my dad. And, um, and, and I, you know, of course I told her, you know, mom, you know who my dad is and I found him and he's alive. And, and then she went where her first response was, well, that's good. Um, maybe you can have some closure on your life now. And I was like, no, it's not closure. It's a, it's a new beginning. Uh, yeah, right. And he's, and he's well, yeah. And he's well. And that was the extent of the conversation. And to this day, my mother will not talk about it. She will not bring it up. If you call her right now, she would not bring up anything about my dad. And I'm okay with it. That's right. that healing. I'm 100% okay That's that healing. Yes. yes. See, this is why, again, we stress so much on this podcast, um, therapy, the importance of therapy. Mm-hmm. Because life mm-hmm. happens, life will hit you hard, life will throw you all kinds of curveballs, but... When you are healed at a place, you can, that reaction could have been very different. Yes. And you all's relationship yeah. could be very different. I, I just so commend you. Yeah, because my dad's, it didn't go anything like that. Nothing, nothing <laughs> like that. Okay? Yeah. Nothing like that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Was it the birth certificate? Like, did you not have any record of your birth certificate? No, my birth certificate. Um, we're in search of the original birth certificate because there is an original okay. one. But the, the one I have, my name is different on and there's father is unknown. Mm. Mm. Okay. Because the way my father's is, is, is that his, and he, uh, he didn't find out his, um, what his name was until he went to the army and he was like 19 mm. years old because he almost got arrested because yeah. they thought he was forked. Mm-hmm. But he didn't realize mm. that it wasn't his original birth certificate. And to say to this day, he will be 65 in June. He has a mm-hmm. court date in May to get his name correctly changed on his birth certificate. And that's one of the things that um, I remember my therapist talking about identity and it took me a while to feel it, but I finally felt it. This is the identity he, he was telling me I needed. Also, that sense of belonging. Like, I found my dad, and I, and I found a place in this world. Like, mm-hmm. I could, I, I walk through the door, you know, when I see my daughters, and I can hold my shoulders back just by finding my dad. Right. Like, you know, and, and we're so much alike. Like, I... I'm like, oh, that's where I get that from. Oh, that's why, that's why, like, that's why I walk like that. Oh, you know, um, I, I drive, I drive about two hours to work. Um, If it's no traffic, about an hour and hour and, you know, 50, 50 minutes, almost two hours. Do you know my dad drives an hour and 50 minutes to work? 
That's that. De- first of all, that's dedication to whatever job y'all got. Because right. let me tell you what, I'm not gonna do. Right. That is a total right. of four hours in the car. Let me tell you what's not yeah. going to happen. Is that yeah. so? Let's just start with the dedication. Yeah. Clearly, y'all both got yeah. that I mean, because, like, like, how many, like, how many universities did you pass on the way up? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. Like, I'm like, bro, come on, you, you know, you, you could have found a college a little, a I don't little know. closer. I'm so, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, divorce brought out a lot of me, and I remember, and I, you know. I can say this eloquently. I have a very impressive resume. So j- finding a job, I, I don't have to be a college professor. There's right. a ton of software companies I could work. I could start my own company. Um, okay. And I remember, I remember, you know, having a prayer one day and I said, hey, God, I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel. I am right. not searching for another job I, right. because these people, for some reason, I'm not getting the one that I really want. I'm only getting offers of things that I don't want. So I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel. You take me to where you want me to go. And he took me to Howard University. Um, it was meant for me to be there. It was. Right. And I, you know, part of a part of this journey was to be. Um, if I, if I could be an, if I could be a great man, I could be a great father. And, um, one of the, uh, well, one of the, one of the promises I made to each of my kids before they could even, um, they could understand me cause I'm pretty sure they could understand my energy, but when they were babies, I whispered to them, I'm never going to leave you. Mm. That's it. Come on, baby. That's it. And so my youngest is still in high school and I'm not leaving her. Right, right. So she's either, and of course I've asked her, I was like, hey, you can go to Sidwell Friends or something. You can go to school here. But she's like, no, she, her school is <laughs> in. She wants to be a part of that school. So until she's done, I gotta, I gotta continue to do this commute. Yeah. Hey, hey, I totally understand. I just want to get back to when they saw you. And they were just like, mm-hmm. oh, we know exactly who you are. What was that feeling for you like when you finally saw them? Like, it almost reminds me of kind of when, um, I know it's crazy, Antoine Fisher, when he was sitting there. Yes, and yes. everybody was just yes. like, well, he does look like him. Yes, yes, that's such and such. Oh, yeah. So it, what was that? Absolutely like that scene at Antoine Fisher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And, I, and I, tell, I tell people this story all the time. Have you ever seen Antoine Fisher? And it's not cliche. Um, yes. I mean, my, you know, I would see family members and they, they would either laugh and was like, oh, my gosh, you look, you look just like, you know, Carlos. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot of that. My um, I remember when I went to see my my eldest Tia in person and how she held my hand and hugged me. It's like that mm. moment, um, you know, they they and they and, and, and my dad says something to me. And try not to get emotional. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, but it was real important for me to hear this, even at my age. My dad said, I'm very proud of you and everything you've done. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and he went into some details about that. And it wasn't about all the education and all the things that I think he would have been proud of me. He was proud of he was proud to witness the man that I had evolved into. And it was what he had dreamed of. So this wasn't just for me. As much as I thought this was about me, it was for him too. It was for him too. And it was for my mom. 
Yeah. Right. It was for my, yeah. my, my, my sisters are tickled because my sisters always wanted nieces and they have three now and I have mm-hmm. a niece. And so this wasn't, I wish it was just about me. I love what Vaughn said about my daughters because the day that I found my family, my daughters were all here. They're typically, mm-hmm. they are not all here. It's one here, mm-hmm. two at a time or mm-hmm. just one. And they were all three were here at the same time awake. And they were, they, they didn't know what was going on and they were able to witness. Oh, this. Gosh. Man, look, that, yeah. that is, it is, it's, it's, it's healing families, man. Like, mm-hmm. like let's just... Yes. Our generations take time now to really not necessarily correct what was done, but just truly to, to, to move us forward going, you know what I'm saying, to like really just move our families going forward so that we don't have this again. You know, like like that's a, let's let's try to let's try to minimize this ever happening again. You know, um, and just heal from it, learn from it, and heal from it. That's that's bottom line. This is the part that I, it, it came to me, and I, and I love what you said, Fleming. That um, I can pass on n- not only a whole father, but a whole family. Damn. On to my children, the next generation. Now they yep. see it. They see yep. wholeness, and it wasn't perfect. Um, it wasn't as linear as I wanted it to be. Like I would have loved to have been married. You know, mm-hmm. I guess at this sure. point, twenty four years mm-hmm. in, but it's okay because um, I've passed on a whole father and a whole family. Right. So now they right. have their mother's side and they have their father's side, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a huge healing, mm-hmm. you know. I gargantuan, yeah. honey. Yeah. Gargantuan. I think about <laughs> right. I think about our generation. You know, there there are a lot of half brothers and sisters, which is fine, and mm-hmm. we love. I mean, we don't. You know, in the black community, we don't. You we don't throw that half out loosely. You know, no. we no. don't really care about that. We don't use half. Right. It's it was a, it it a negative like, connotation. It's almost like right. Exactly. It's almost like it lessens it. Right. Like like it, it reduces the connectivity. You know, like if I say if I say half, it's just like okay, so I can't just be your brother. You know, like we got to yeah. toss in the half because it's almost like you telling the family secret. We, we ain't out here trying to yes. tell no family secrets. <laughs> like, nah, Correct. that's my brother. Yeah. You know, that's my brother. That's, that's, that's my sister, you know, no. And, and like, and, you know, and I love what you said earlier, um, you know, as far as your, your, your other mom, you know, like that's just your mom, you know, like it's not a, yeah. it's not a step aspect, um, you know, so no. I, I great, greatly uh, appreciate hearing that and encourage that for, for anybody. Um Cause I, you know, as, yeah. as much as, you know, on, on this side, I know slight updates since the last time, time we talked, but like, you know, my father was for, for me, my father was the oldest of 13 on, on my grandfather's side. Right. And mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, like you could pile the, the remaining 12 into one room and I wouldn't know who was who. Luckily, uh, recently I'd, I'd gotten a phone call, you know, the Carl ID popped up and I looked and I was like, huh, last name says Fleming and it's spelled the same way because everybody always wants to put either two M's or, you know, or S at the end. And mm. I'm like, nah, it's just, it's one M, no S. So, you know, it's now I'm in a, I have an opportunity to connect with those remaining 12. Cause for me, especially when it comes to my son, it's like, okay, 
I now can can bridge this last name. You know, this like this last name that I've had for forty six years, this last name that you've uh-huh. had for the past seventeen, I can now show you where it goes beyond your grandfather. You know, I can show you the rest of it, you know, and just that that the uh-huh. family history um and that legacy. Yeah, I totally understand and, and commend you and so so happy for you. Um and just Getting to 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 that point, and happy for it for you for you your too. family, just in general, it's enriching for everyone. Thank you. Well, man, look, we are we are getting down to um, the wire here. What would be the advice for you, having gone through this experience, for anyone who may be feeling or having those same questions that you had as as a young man. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I advice I would give is don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give up. Um, continue to look for your family. Um, it is although there's that one to one correlation. You're trying to find your your mother or your father or both or uncle or someone. Um, think about the many lives that will be impacted by finding and making that connection with those people. And also the second thing that I I always share is don't try not to have any expectations. Try not to um, expect that these people are going to accept you or expect that these people are going to have some, um, uh, some issues with you, or you're going to have some, they're going to believe you have some issues or they're not going to see you in a certain light, lower your expectations. I eliminated my expectations and it was something I had been working on for years before I even found my family, but don't give up, continue, put it out into the, and in, uh, into the universe and the universe is going to make that connection. They're going to bring you to your family or, and, and, and you never know your family could be looking for you. They're, they're also waiting for you to be ready. So accept, lower, or, or eliminate your expectations, and don't give up. Keep looking for them. Good stuff. Vaughn, what you got? Um, something that's heavily been uh, stated during this whole um, conversation has been therapy. Um, seek it. Be yeah. open to it. Open your heart to it. Open... Um, your mind to it. Um, Therapy helps. And therapy helps, especially when you do the work. Even if you just want to prove your therapist wrong on something, (laughs) like, I don't, you know, because it could be a thing. Like, even if you want to, like, just do it. Your greatest and most priceless possession is always the investment of yourself. So, Uh make sure you do that. Yeah, Fleming. I, I am reminded of Erica Badu's uh, bag lady. It's not just bag bag lady. It's it's bag bag men too. Mm-hmm. And I think that the as you said, Vonda, the importance the importance of therapy allows you to create a space with someone who is not there to judge you. And I, and I think sometimes that's a fear for some people going into therapy, right? It's that, it's that fear of being judged of what it is that I'm about to about to tell you or share with you. Um, but again, just creating that space where it is that you can put those bags down. Not only just put them down, like some bags you know is just a trash bag. You know that's trash. Just toss that. You know, put it down, toss it, kick it aside, do whatever you got to do. Some of those bags are suitcases and you got to unzip that joker open. 
And you got to start to unpack it and figure out what it is that you're going to do with the stuff that's in there. Because if you're carrying it with you, you ain't wearing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not trying to put it on display, but it's still something that you need to definitely deal with. So to find the time, make the space, work with somebody, put the bags down, take the hands that you got right now, because right now the hands that you got are full and you can't receive nothing, uh-huh. you know, put them bags down, get a free hand, get two free hands, get, get, get a free heart, get a free mind and, op- and start to open yourself up to receiving what it is that you are intended. What, what, what's out there for you to, to receive. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's all I got. For it for y'all, um, Carlos. Well, man, I want to thank you. Thank so you much for, so for, much for coming on here, yeah. um, for being transparent for with, with with our audience. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying man. and share your story, um, man. Like, yeah, I, I look. I'm so I'm gonna be so ant when we drop this one. I'm gonna be super ant when we drop <laughs> this one. Like, for real, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but no, but thank you, man. Pre- great, greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate yeah, no. it. And I, I want to thank both of you for having this canvas. This is absolutely amazing. And as a father, a black father, this these are some real important topics. And I hope and most that, important girl dad. Yes, yes, girl dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, I'm blessed that I, I had an opportunity to to raise these three young women. And um, right. I, this is really important. And I, I appreciate all that you do you all do um Vaughn the woman that you are and Fleming the man that you are you guys continue mm-hmm. on with this this is absolutely amazing and thank you thank you appreciate that man thank you for listening to this week's show be sure to follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Father Should Pod you can also visit our website at www.fathershould.org.